0: Welcome to a special edition of the Minor Atlantis Podcast for January 10th, 2021. A significant change occurred to the H-1B petition process this past Friday on January 8, 2021. U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, USCIS, published its final rule entitled, quote, Modification of Registration Requirement for Petitioners Seeking to File Cap Subject H-1B petitions, end quote which ends the H-1B lottery as we know it, and instead establishes a wage-based selection process. Starting March 9th, H-1B registrations will be selected based on the highest offered wage, which equals or exceeds the prevailing wage as established by the Occupational Employment Statistics, OES, for the relevant Standard Occupational Classification, or SOC, code in the area of intended employment. Minor and Landis has been following these developments closely, and we've distilled about 200 pages of information to bring you this 12-minute summary of the rule and its consequences. So first, let's start with what the new rule will actually do. Unless enjoined by a court that issues an injunction against its implementation, the final rule will go into effect on March 9, 2021. This rule will replace the random selection process, or lottery, with one that selects registrations based on the highest OES prevailing wage level that the offered wage equals or exceeds for the relevant SOC and area of intended employment, beginning with OES wage level 4 and proceeding in descending order with OES wage levels 3, 2, and 1. USCIS believes that the wage-based selection will and this comes directly from the rule announcement on federalregister.gov, the wage-based selection will, quote, incentivize H-1B employers to offer higher wages or to petition for positions requiring higher skills and higher-skilled aliens that are commensurate with higher wage levels. Moreover, it will maximize H-1B cap allocation so that they more likely will go to the best and brightest workers, and it will disincentivize abuse of the H-1B program to fill relatively lower paid, lower skilled positions, which is a significant problem under the present selection system." End quote. This means the information that employers must provide for H-1B registrations will change, and must include the offered wage, the area of intended employment, and a corresponding OES wage level based on the SOC code. The rule will not affect the order of selection between the regular cap and advanced degree cap. The wage level rankings will occur first for the regular cap selection and then for the advanced degree cap. It's clear that once this new rule goes into effect, very few if any level 1 or level 2 wage positions will be selected. Priority will be given to Level 4 and then Level 3 wages. If more registrations are received during the annual initial registration period than necessary to reach the applicable numerical allocation, USCIS will rank and select the registrations received on the basis of the highest OES wage level that the offered wage equaled or exceeded for the relevant SOC code in the area of intended employment beginning with OES Wage Level 4 and proceeding in descending order with OES Wage Levels 3, 2, and 1. In theory, this sounds like USCIS will first select all registrations where the beneficiary is receiving a wage that meets or exceeds the Level 4 wage in the area of intended employment for the relevant SOC. Second, if any numbers are left, USCIS will then select all registrations where the beneficiary is receiving a wage that meets or exceeds the Level 3 wage in the area of intended employment for the relevant SOC. Third, if any numbers still remain, then USCIS will pick registrations where the beneficiary is receiving a wage that meets or exceeds the Level 2 wage in the area of intended employment for the relevant SOC. In fact, what this could really mean is that if USCIS receives enough registrations 65000 for regular cap and 20000 for advanced degree, where beneficiaries are receiving a level 4 wage, only those registrations will be selected. This will favor large multinational companies that have significant financial resources to offer all H-1Bs a Level 3 or 4 salary for an entry-level position, and will severely disadvantage smaller companies or startups that do not have the assets available to offer such high starting salaries. As we approach cap season for fiscal year 2022, here are a few things that employers and immigration professionals alike should be aware of. To start off with, using an alternate wage source won't necessarily help employers. Because if the offered wage falls below an OES Wage Level 1, because the offered wage is based on a prevailing wage from any other legitimate source other than OES, or an independent authoritative source, USCIS will rank the registration as OES Level 1. If the H-1B beneficiary will work in multiple locations, USCIS will rank and select the registration based on the lowest corresponding OES wage level that the offered wage will equal or exceed. Where there is no current OES prevailing wage information for the offered position, USCIS will rank and select the registration based on the OES wage level that corresponds to the requirements of the offered position. The rule also requires that a valid registration must represent a legitimate job offer. This could mean that if a registration is selected and the employer decides not to file, the employer will need to provide a valid explanation as to why it is rescinding a job offer. Simply not filing a response will not be sufficient. USCIS may deny the petition if it is determined that the statements on the registration or petition were inaccurate, fraudulent, or misrepresented a material fact. A petition also may be denied if it is not based on a valid registration submitted by the petitioner or its designated representative or a successor in interest for the beneficiary named in the petition. USCIS may deny or revoke approval of a subsequent new or amended petition, filed by the petitioner, or a related entity on behalf of the same beneficiary If USCIS determines that the filing of the new or amended petition is part of the petitioner's attempt to unfairly decrease the offered wage to an amount that would be equivalent to a lower wage level after listing a higher wage level on the registration to increase the odds of selection. Understand that USCIS will not deny an amended or new petition solely on the basis of a different offered wage if that wage does not correspond to a lower OES wage level than the wage level on which the registration was based. So what are some of the problems that we see with this new rule? Well, first, this regulation is a clear effort to meet the goals of President Trump's Buy American, Hire American, or Baha executive order by allocating H-1Bs to the, quote, best and brightest, end quote, where USCIS is falsely correlating that salary alone equates with value to society. The rule does not take into account, for example, the low wages that first-year doctors earn in rural communities. Under this rule, a doctor receiving a Level 1 wage will most likely never be selected under the H-1B cap, unless she or he works for a cap-exempt organization. The American Immigration Lawyers Association, or AILA, and other immigration organizations have attacked the rule as void ab initio, stating the rule must be withdrawn because acting Secretary of Homeland Security Chad Wolf was unlawfully appointed and does not have authority to promulgate regulations. At this time, such legal argument may be moot, as various media outlets have reported that President Trump withdrew Wolf's nomination to head DHS on January 7th after the riots at the Capitol. AILA and other immigration organizations have also attacked the rule as ultra-vires as it violates congressional intent. A regulation cannot modify a statute. This regulation is ultra-vires because it improperly imposes an additional manner of allocating H-1B cap numbers beyond those mandated by statute. The INA clearly states that H-1B cap numbers, quote, shall be issued in the order in which petitions are filed for such visas, end quote. There is no wage-based requirement in the statute. According to Ayla, quote, Based on the plain text of the statute and the statutory context in which it is found, the statute is neither ambiguous nor silent, and Congress did not leave a gap for regulations to fill. It is particularly telling that the agency previously evaluated this very issue in January of 2019 and unambiguously concluded that the INA is clear and does not permit the type of prioritization it proposes here. Specifically, DHS concluded that prioritization of registration selection on factors other than degree level, such as salary, would require statutory change. USCIS has acknowledged that this rule will result in H 1B registrations with a level 1 wage never being selected. Given the volume of H-1B registrations that USCIS receives in a multitude of different SOC codes, it would be nearly impossible for USCIS to rank H-1B registrations by wage level, SOC code, and geographic area. The more likely scenario is that USCIS will default to selecting registrations that simply list the highest salaries. In order to compete, U.S. employers will have to hire recent college graduates at significantly higher wage rates than similarly situated U.S. graduates or forego hiring entry-level foreign graduates. Smaller companies that cannot pay Level 3 and 4 wages will be unable to hire qualified H-1B employees. According to an article in Forbes Online by senior contributor Stuart Anderson, Quote, DHS predicts that no individuals paid Level 1 wages will be selected for H-1B petitions. Based on the data presented in this rule, DHS asserts that about 25% of individuals who would receive Level 2 wages would also not be chosen for an H-1B petition. Everyone at Level 3 and Level 4 would be selected. DHS also states that fewer individuals at Level 2 may be chosen if more employers pay H-1B holders at Level 3 and Level 4 wages to improve the chances of obtaining an H-1B, end quote. So as you can see, this rule is problematic and unfair. However, unless enjoined by a court that issues an injunction against its implementation, it will go into effect on March 9, 2021. Minor and Landis will continue to monitor developments in this and other issues and bring them to you as quickly as possible. Thanks for listening. Having trouble keeping up with the ever-changing landscape of immigration law? Save time and effort with the Minor and Landis Immigration Update podcast. Each week, we scan the news feeds to find topical issues important for busy immigration professionals and produce a 5- to 10-minute podcast that you can download easily and listen to while making breakfast, riding the train, or taking the kids to school. Subscribe now and stay up to date with Miner and Landis. For access to more articles and information, please go to www.miner.com. That's M-E-Y-N-E-R.com.